I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Yeah, the madness continues here on Fox Sports Radio. Camino and Rich probably... Just having fun times in Mexico. Different spots in Mexico. Uh, maybe Cavino's having more fun than Rich. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out when the guys get back next week. But you do have Aaron Torres and me broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Do we know where Spot went? Is Spotty, is he on vacation? or do we, Maybe he's on a staycation, John Ramos? Do you know? I believe he is back east in his hometown in, in I think, in New Jersey. Oh, or okay. Like that. okay. So Danny G's probably hanging 10 in Hawaii or something. That's No, actually, Danny is, what I've been told is he is in... Um, I think it's Estonia. Thank you for, uh, Estonia. <laughs> that's, the, that's a beautiful I need place a to be. Backstory on that, please. <laughs> we all need to know that, that story. You, you can't just throw that out there. By the way, why would why are they in different places? Just because they, you know, just because they do radio together, they don't vacation together. Yeah, is that, that what it is? <laughs> when I asked the guys, they said, you know, like, you know, I knew that they were going to be off for a few days. They're like, where are you guys, you know, going to be? Thinking I would get two separate answers. They're like, we'll be in Mexico. But then they both said, uh, but not together, not in the same spots. One is oh, okay. one is like East Mexico. One is very West Mexico. So Cabo and Cancun, probably. Yeah, there you go. That's actually what it was. But I didn't want to. I won't say who is where. But I think that's the uh, vacation spots for both. Actually, I know that's the vacation spots for both of them. So the guys out uh, having a good time. We're having a good time here on Fox Sports Radio. I don't know if the Jets and Packers fans are having a great time. But you know, so much is made about you know this this deal that is yet to go down with Aaron Rodgers. And I know that there are people in sports. 
that are sick of talking about Aaron Rodgers. And I know that's a it's a gripe of, of, of at least one person on staff here at Fox Sports Radio who shall remain nameless unless they want to say their name. Uh, the sick of Aaron Rodgers talk, I can get it to a point, but when something actually happens – when something actually goes on and there is news and something happening with it, I think that that's what revitalizes the story. And so Aaron Rodgers going on Pat McAfee's show and saying, you know, my intention is I, I want to play with the Jets and now it's in their hands that they uh, they figure out compensation. Whether I think Aaron Rodgers was trying to spin a bit of a tail, um, I, I think that he was. Um, but I, I do think that Green Bay was ready to move on uh, from him. And I think that the Jets would love to welcome Aaron Rodgers. What I find so interesting, Aaron, and I'm curious on, on, on your thoughts and I'll ask the crew as well, on what what is truly the emotions for a Jets fan and what's truly the emotions from a Packers fan? And and as someone who's who's from Wisconsin as a native but not a diehard Packers fan, I, I feel I have an interesting perspective because I know the fan base so well. Um, because it's 98% of my family. We have one 49ers fan in our family, and I think everybody else is a Packers fan outside of me being a Seahawks fan. But I, I, I'm just curious, like, Aaron, if you're sitting there, if you're a Packers fan today, knowing that Aaron Rodgers is likely on his way out, if you're a Jets fan likely uh, bringing in Aaron Rodgers, how do you think you're you're feeling on this March 16th? Well, it's interesting because you mentioned being from Wisconsin and not being a Packers fan. I'm from the Northeast, and I am not a Jets fan. And the consent, because I've asked, you know, I think the consensus is they love it. And, you know, they know it's not a 10-year commitment, as we just discussed last segment. Um, They understand, you know, with the Peter King audio from Dan Patrick earlier today, but they know it's not a 10-year commitment. But they know he's much better than the alternative. And so, you know, everybody is willing, like, like, the scale of what people are willing to put up with is kind of a direct correlation of of kind of the past, right? So if you're the, I don't know, I can't think of a team specifically, but, you, you know, the Rams. Like, the Rams have had success. They have a good culture. Like, you don't need to bring in Aaron Rodgers if you're looking for a quarterback. And I know they're not. I'm just using them as an example. The Jets have been you know, miserable for 30, 40, 50 years, whatever it's been. And so, you know, I had multiple Jets fans say the same thing to me yesterday, which is he will be the best quarterback of my lifetime on my team. (laughs) And so, yeah, like if you're asking for, you know, if he was asking for a five-year, you know, if he was asking for the Lamar Jackson five-year deal fully guaranteed, then, you know, the Jets fans would probably be losing their minds. But I think from the Jets fans' perspective, we have a team built to win now. We are missing one major piece, and he is by far the best alternative that we could have gotten this offseason. So I think they're excited, knowing that it probably won't end well, but they're hoping for one year in 2023 they can strike lightning in a bottle. The, the expectations and the excitement can overshadow the worry that you have or maybe the flashbacks to some of the throws that Aaron Rodgers made in recent years. Not that he's lost his arm and just maybe decision-making or something that you don't like. It's just the to, the to the point of it being their best quarterback that you know they've had in their lifetime. Yeah, there's a reason to be excited about it. And I, I find w- when you look at where the Jets are in the landscape of the AFC and with the Chiefs coming off of their second Super Bowl win – they are the kings of the AFC. But I would say that the AFC East is up for grabs a little bit more than maybe uh, on the surface of just Buffalo dominating. Um, I'm, I'm a little worried about Buffalo moving forward. Um, I, I think they're so dependent on Josh Allen 
that at some point you have to have something else to maybe take some pressure off of him. I don't know what's happening with the Patriots. I think the Dolphins are still an enigma um, with, with Tua, whether he is or isn't their quarterback. So you talk about the Jets roster, and it may be more of the taking for them in the AFC East than maybe on the surface in the in the entire AFC. I think they're a playoff team. I just don't think that they rise to the level of the Chiefs or they rise to the level of the, the Bengals, who even took some hits in, in free agency. So I get the excitement. It's Green Bay where I like reach out and, and really find this so intriguing because I think Packer fans were ready to move on. And I think that they kind of knew this day was coming. But it's a different feel than they had the last couple of years because they still think that they felt that they were a Super Bowl contender. And now that that is, that is gone and out the window, I, I think that they're, they're okay with it. And that is different than what it was the feeling like when Brett Favre left. It was a different feeling. You were still, you know, you felt maybe the Packers, you know, still were a, were a contender, obviously. But there was, there was something like w- with Brett Favre, and I, I think it's as simple as Aaron of saying, the generation that watched the Packers before Brett Favre were so grateful for Brett Favre. Sure. There are, there are, there are Packer fans now who over the past – 30 years have never had to worry about their quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. And there there are, there are fans that that became fans when Brett Favre, you know, won Super Bowl 31 and heck, you know, we just finished Super Bowl 57, so that's 26 years of of great quarterback play. And you don't know what life is like um other than having a great quarterback. And I almost feel like there are some Packer fans that are actually naive in the way to think that we are not going to be affected by this because guess what Jordan Love looked great against Philadelphia and he'll move right in and he may very well may you know very well be that guy but it's the fact that when Favre was there there were Packer fans who remembered you know watching a bad Green Bay team over and over in the 80s that didn't want to go back to that and so I think that there was more of an attachment to Favre where now with Rogers success I think there's portions of the Packer fan base that just you know expect greatness no matter what or no matter who's at the quarterback position yeah I think I might have told told the story when I was on with you a few weeks ago at some point but um I remember talking, interviewing Bill Polian, the iconic, uh, you know, front office guy for uh, the Bills and the the Colts, and I think he did some stuff with the Panthers too. But I, I asked him, I said, you know, what is it like? You know, basically, I was asking him mostly about Peyton, and I said, what is it like walking into the building every day, knowing like we got our guy, like we got our dude, and and he said. You don't really appreciate it until you don't have it. And and he brought up the point of like, you know, they had that year where Peyton had the neck surgery and he was out and it was before they got Andrew Luck. And he's like, you know, it was no disrespect to anybody in our locker room, but you just drive to the stadium with a pit in your stomach knowing that you don't have that guy wow. anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, go, I go back to that because it is why I have been hesitant. Like, like it's why... I, I, I see both sides for a Packers fan. I see the side that is just tired of getting dragged along and along and along and along and along. But what I always go back to is uh, that story and then the, another, the, the other analogy that I use, which is The Last Dance, the documentary, which is you put yourself in position to have a guy like Aaron Rodgers or like Michael Jordan. Like the whole, the whole if you want to call it this, the whole point of the game 
is to get the quarterback that puts you in position to win every year. And I still think Aaron Rodgers is that guy. Now, I understand he had a disappointing year last year. But, you know, I go back to the last dance where it's like, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf wants to cut salary. Jerry Krause wants to prove they can do it themselves. And it's like, I get that element of being a competitor. But I also get that you work your whole career to put yourself in position to where the Bulls were at that point, where the Packers, I still believe, are right now, which is they can go out and win that NFC North next year and potentially get the number one seed again if Aaron Rodgers is back. So that's a very long-winded way of me saying I understand a, a Packers fan that's ready to try something new, but the grass isn't always greener. Yeah, exactly. No, I think that that's it's a very fair point because I think that there there is a, a part of the younger Green Bay fan base that, that just – in a way, almost expects it because that's the only thing that they have known during that time, and that's what's that's what's so interesting about the Favre breakup is, and and I know I've talked about it on this network, but there were people who followed Favre to the Jets in terms of their fandom. Like there were some yeah. Jets fans. It wasn't everywhere in Wisconsin. I talked about the the CBS affiliate in Milwaukee asked to carry Jets games because they you know had the AFC mm-hmm. package at that time. When you know Fox would have Packer games, and what other game would you want opposite? Or if they had in the window, they wanted to have as many Jets game as Jets game as they could. I don't think you're going to see that happen. I, I, you know, I think that there were Patriots fans that probably you know became Buccaneers fans, not not abandoning their le- allegiance to the Patriots, but still wanted to cheer for Tom Brady when he went there. And I don't think you're going to get that with Green Bay this time around. I don't think you're going to get Packer fans wanting to follow Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. It's a different, you know, different situation. I think there are Patriots fans, even even though Brady came after Drew Bledsoe, who had a nice run with New England. There's still like that, you know, thought of okay, it could really turn sour without our guy. I, I I'm not saying Packer fans are naive. I'm just saying that there are younger Packer fans that don't know the world that really exists that Bill Polian <laughs> talked about of having that pit in your stomach. And so when Favre left and Favre was, you know, wanting to come back, there were a bunch of people that said, yeah, bring him back because they didn't want to fall back. They didn't, they didn't know what Aaron Rodgers was or who Aaron Rodgers, you know, what, what he would end up becoming worked out great in the end. So now you think, Oh, that's how it always happens. But yeah, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. I just, you, like I said, you put the whole point of being an NFL fan, an NFL coach, an NFL GM is to Get the guy, by the way, get the guy that allows you to compete with guys like Aaron Rodgers. And maybe I'm overstating how good he currently is as a 39, soon to be 40 year old. Maybe I I am, and maybe I'm living in 2012 or whatever. But I just think to just, I understand the idea of wanting something new. And I certainly understand if you're a fan, the annoyance with the uncertainty and with dragging it out, you know, for, for sometimes weeks at a time. I know last year he kind of recommitted around this time. A few years ago it was deep into the summer. But I just think it, it's easy to say you want something new until it's until you get it and until Jordan Love isn't Aaron Rodgers. Um, and, you know, history says it's much more likely that Jordan Love is not going to be Aaron Rodgers than he is. By the way, obviously I know you've said it a few times, but the, the recent example – Bill Belichick doesn't look like such a genius anymore since Tom Brady left. And so we'll see what happens in Green Bay, but you got the guy and you're willing to see him out, go out the side door. I just find it very interesting. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. Today's show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. We're sitting in for Cavino and Rich. Just a quick uh, look at what's happening in the NCAA tournament. San Diego State has a lead on 
Charleston 51-46, 6-14 left to go in that one. Three minutes to go until halftime. Arkansas is up on Illinois by a count of 32-20. to And at the half, Arizona and Princeton in a tight one. Wildcats up 31-30 to on the Tigers. And Alabama trying to close out uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Crimson tied up 18 with three minutes left in that contest. Again, he's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Kavito and Rich at Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Byer. He's Aaron Torres. Today's show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. We've got a game going down to the wire. Uh, San Diego State in Charleston, 5-12 matchup. It's in the South region. Winner gets Furman on Saturday. 3.42 left to go, and I'm not trying to do Isaac Longcron's job. He's going to get us caught up to date on everything that's happening. But I just want to say this. It's a four-point game, Aaron. 53-49. San Diego State has a tough time developing offense on their own. They're a defensive-minded team. I feel like down the stretch in these tournament games, when it's close, the whistle favors Cinderella. The whistle favors the underdog. I expect a... A dry spell for San Diego State, not only for their inability to create their own offense, but any call. We just saw a scenario where San Diego State had the basketball. Um, a tie-up situation occurs. They call a tie-up uh, on the next trip down. You have a have a of a reach called on what very well could have been a ball out of bounds 
um, and a foul is called. I'm just just saying, like down the stretch in these situations, the whistle favors Cinderella. I was just thinking, like, why I I should just never pick a four or five ever to win again because <laughs> seriously, like like the the talent discrepancy really at this point isn't that much with the transfer yep. portal and all that stuff. And it's the whistle, it's the crowd that's always rooting for the underdog, and there's just so much more inherent pressure with being a San Diego State or a Virginia than being a Furman or a, a, a Charleston in this case. is like, listen, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to make it about my bracket because I did pick San Diego State and Furman, but it's like... Just you have so much working against you, and especially in round one, the talent gap outside of the one and two and maybe three seeds, it's just not that big anymore. We will keep you up to date of what's happening in that game in Orlando. Right now, we go to the phone lines joining us, a good friend. Great to talk to him as we're going to talk some hoop, but of the NBA variety, NBA analyst, host on the Better Sports Net. Also, here I'm on Sirius XM. Rick Camel joins the program here on Fox Sports Radio. Rick, long time no talk. How are you? Dan, my good friend Aaron, what is up? Uh, I'm in basketball heaven is what's going on. Uh, (laughs) Had a two-hour show on NBA radio today and uh, was giving live updates during the game. And so, like, uh, a a modified downplay, you know, live call of the end of the uh, Virginian Furman game. You know, that pass by Clark. What the hell, bro? And you just knew it was going to go bing, bing, splash, March Madness style. And, uh, and like Aaron, I had Furman. Um, and I, I am not a college basketball expert, guys. I am not. Um, but I agree with Aaron's assessment that the difference between the big dogs and the middle dogs isn't that great. So I, I really went numbers-based, looking for balance, looking for load of scoring, um, looking for three-point uh, shooting prowess. You know, you got to put the ball in the hole in the tournament, man. So um, we got a long way to go, man. But, uh, Aaron, shout-out to you, man. You saw Furman, too. And Charleston has just pulled even with San Diego State at 53-all, three minutes to go uh, in in that contest. And it's, it, is, it is the best, one of the best days. I sometimes don't want to get caught in the moment, but I tr- like waking up this morning did have that Christmas morning sort of feel, and, and uh, it, is, it is just so great to have the tournament going on. When, when, you're, when you're placing bets, you're looking at lines – Kamala, tell me what you, what you are looking for when it comes to the tournament. I like I you know is it is it that 12 seed? Is it that 13 seed? Are you looking for values? Number ones have a lot of big numbers. When you're looking at this bracket, what you looked at all week, what stood out to you? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, the uh, you know a, a balance of offensive and defensive efficiency, I think, is very important. I think that's a metric that gives you a good indication um, that this team is, you know, because it's hard to quantify a 32-3, and three, right? A team you've never seen, yeah. like, is that legit or is it not? And when you go into the metrics and you look, you know, 363 Division One teams, so you start looking at rankings, okay, they're very high in three-point percentage, they're very high in three-point percentage against, you know, they're a good rebounding team, like all this kind of stuff. Um, but it really, Dan, when you come down to it, uh, I don't like going with teams uh, like Purdue with Zach Eady, okay? Uh, if foul trouble hits him or a turned ankle hits him, they're done, kaput, it's over. And it's an extremely choky program over the last, you know, 20 years. They made the Elite Eight once over that span. So I love betting against them, but I like teams that are more loaded, that have, uh, a, a, you know, a Robin and then a third guy and then maybe <clears throat> two more guys averaging like 10 points a game. I like to see your team stacked with like five dudes going double digits 
Um, and I think that matters because you got to play defense and be smart and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you got to put that orange ball in that hole. And the teams that struggle offensively, I fade like Virginia. Rick, let me ask you. I mean, first of all, for somebody who says you don't know much about ba- college basketball, you, you sound like you're locked in. Um, again, you know, knowing that your expertise is the NBA, um, I'm sure you've probably at least browsed a game or two here. Is there anybody that you do like in the tournament? Or from the NBA perspective, is there a prospect that stood out or a style of play that you like watching? Because it's clear that you seem to enjoy college basketball, even if obviously, again, you cover the NBA primarily. No question about it. And I'm always looking at, college, you know, tournament time, I'm looking, you know, for winners and all that kind of stuff. But in the regular season, um, I'm looking as a scout almost, right, watching Brandon Miller and watching uh, Arkansas's two potential top ten picks. Duke has uh, three projected first-round picks. Um, Arkansas, you know, as we mentioned, so th- there's teams that kind of have a, a little bit of a glut of some first-round NBA talent. So I've been um, keeping an eye on them a little bit. Now, i found over the years because I, I have fallen prey to – you know, Jabari Parker and Duke, right? Didn't Mercer beat them in the first round, right? So I've fallen, you know, Kevin Durant, I had Texas going on a long run that year. I forgot that Rick Barnes, the choky-ass coach, was on the sideline. <laughs> um, and so, you know, the, the glitzy, you know, Cade Cunningham, right? A couple years ago. Sure. Guys, what did he, did he, was it one win and out? Uh, yeah. I don't even think he made the Sweet 16. So um, those teams actually are teams to fade in the NCAA tournament. The ones that have that, that, that future, Although Alabama is different, and, and Dan and Aaron, I'm sure you've been talking about that. Like, Alabama is super legit. Rick Hamlet joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Get him on Twitter at Hamlet. What is it? Rick Hamlet Sports. That's what it is. Yeah, I, I know. I follow, I've been following you for years. Uh, he's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer. So let's talk some NBA. Aaron and I have been talking about this John Morant situation. Just to get you up to date on, on, on kind of where we stand, not that we're a united front. We just have the same same thought process. I, I, I feel Aaron feels that the NBA – with the help of ESPN, are kind of trying to just take this all and, you know, slide it under the rug and move on and have fun during the playoffs. Is the NBA doing right uh, by Ja Morant by allowing him to return as soon as Monday? Um, I, I do, yeah. I, I think eight games for, uh, for what went down um, and maybe taking into account a little bit of the accumulation of alleged stuff before that. Um, and, you know, I think it's important that Ja told Jalen Rose um, that I felt the punishment was, was – I forget his exact words, but he was okay with the punishment, right? Wasn't bristling about it and pushing back on it like, okay, I screwed up, I fell in a hole, I got in trouble, this is the punishment, I'm going to do it, and then come out and, you know, try to put better stuff out into the world. And, uh, you know, already a good dude by all accounts, right? Made a mistake, life getting out of control a little bit. Um, and and I, I believe him that he's going to make the proper adjustments – and uh, come out a, a much better person and a better role model. And the stuff that he very contritely talked about with Jalen last night. Um, you know, I'm here for the young fella. I think he's fantastic. He's, he's literally my most entertaining player to watch. Um, um, and there's a lot of great entertaining players in the NBA. But to me, he's the most entertaining player in the NBA. Um, he's 23. Uh, when I think of the fouls that I committed at 23, right? Um, like, you know, I may not, you know, you, like, I you, weren't, at a, a you weren't at a strip club with a gun though. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was know. not, I was not. So, you know, let's set the record straight. Let's set that record straight. Okay. <laughs> okay. I might've been in a strip club, but I was not <laughs> if in you a were, strip club with a firearm. You weren't let's on Instagram. Clear. If you were, you weren't on Instagram when it was all going on. So that, yeah, that was at least you're saying that you got that right. 
So, okay, so let's um, – I, I was going to say stay with – you said, Ja, you, you know, on the court he's one of the most entertaining players. It seems like whether intended or not, uh, a few weeks ago this Kendrick Perkins conversation brought up the MVP into the spotlight. And, um, you know, I'm not asking you to comment on, on another person's opinion on the MVP, but it, I feel like as an outsider, and I'm more of a college guy myself – I do feel like it's opened the conversation up a little bit where it was Jokic was running away with it. Now I'm hearing a little bit of Embiid. Is that fair to say, or is Jokic still the overwhelming favorite in this thing? It's absolutely fair to say, and you're spot on with your uh, intel on it, your evaluation of it. Um, it was, look, Tim Bontemps had a straw poll, I don't know, three weeks ago, a month ago. And, and based on those results of actual MVP voters, uh, it was Jokic running away with that thing, man. And it's not just the four-game losing streak that Denver is on that everybody is you know, sounding alarms about. I think people are overreacting a little bit about that. They're going to smoke Detroit tonight, and they're going to get right back on track. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like Embiid has caught and passed Nikola Jokic by literally a nose. It's that close. Giannis is lurking right behind him. Like, this is a, and down the stretch they come, horse race, right, with three dudes, okay? Any of them could win. Um Embiid has passed Jokic in terms of the odds to win MVP, okay? And as of like that Tim Bontem, Bontem Strapel, we were calling Jokic the prohibitive MVP favorite at that point. And now it's pivoted all the way back to Embiid uh, being the favorite to win MVP. It's a fascinating MVP race. My vote would go for Joel Embiid, literally 51-49. And guys, two Mondays from now, the 27th, it will be Embiid and the Sixers at Jokic and the Nuggets. And to me, if Embiid goes 2-0 and against Jokic, beats him in his crib, and has a massive stat line, uh, it's like Heisman style. It'll be like a Heisman moment. And, like, how couldn't you give him the award at that point? Rick Kamala joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Just to keep you updated, San Diego State is up three on Charleston. 25.1 seconds left. But San Diego State's going to go to the free throw line, fouled on a three-point attempt. So the Aztecs uh, will have an opportunity to extend their lead, but under 30 seconds to go. Lakers. Um, you know, Anthony Davis has been great, but Anthony Davis doesn't play last night, and they lose to the Rockets. Like, how much... How much can you count on a guy who's healthy, but he's not healthy because he can't play in back-to-backs? How far can the Lakers actually go with LeBron's injury and AD sitting out these back-to-backs? I think they've got Western Finals upside with LeBron. Um, I I think Phoenix has the West cooked as long as Durant comes back um, and everybody stays healthy. They're going to beat the West. They're going to beat Denver and Memphis and SAC and L.A. and all these teams. Um, the Lakers and SAC, though, have a chance to join the Denver and Phoenix anointed West Finals party. Um, in terms of, you know, Davis and, uh, and, and sort of that angle, um, I actually wrote this for my show today. We, we didn't get to it. I'm going to get to it with Antonio tomorrow on Give and Go. Um, but I, I feel like the Lakers don't have enough urgency right now. They're in 10th place. Okay, they're a half game up on teams below them in the pl- outside of the playing tournament. Okay, they've done nothing. They've gone on a nice run. Some guys are playing well, but you still look at the standings and they're right back in a very precarious do-or-die spot. But I'm not getting do-or-die vibes by how they're operating their team. I'm not trying to push Davis into the red with this stress reaction that could become a stress fracture, okay? I'm actually okay um, with the Davis part. I feel like this, yo, LeBron's going to come back with one week left in the regular season is presumptuous, okay? What is he coming back to? If the Lakers start losing, will they have to accelerate his return? So I would turn up the heat a little bit if I were the Lakers. I think they got this thing solved, and I'm, I, I like the direction they're going, but they're not in the clear yet. 
Rick, you know, kind of uh, my, my last question here, really, sticking with the March Madness theme, is there anybody in the NBA now, I'm obviously talking about the NBA, that, it, that we're not talking about right now that you could see the scenario where, you know, a month from now, and I understand there's a difference between a seven-game series and a one-off kind of deal, but is there somebody that we're not talking about right now that you feel like has real upside that maybe they're not getting credit for? Mm, good question. Uh, I think I think Sacramento um, falls into that category. And I'm, uh, Guys, look, there's a scenario for them, okay? I think if they play the Lakers in the first round with a healthy LeBron and Davis, they're going to lose. Uh, I, I think if they play Phoenix in the first round in a 4-5, or five, I think they're going to lose. Um, I like them against everybody else. Yes, that includes Golden State. I am... I gave up on Golden State a long time ago, guys. Okay, they can't defend. They can't defend. They can't win on the road. They turn the ball over, uh, uh, you know, a million times. They're not athletic. Um, they're missing a huge piece here, and God bless Andrew Wiggins. Um, he's a huge part of their team. Okay, so I am long ago gave up on them. So to me, Sack with a with a favorable first round matchup. Let's say they're in the two three there for the second round hookup with Memphis. I could see Sack beating Memphis. You can't play the experience card necessarily. I mean, a little bit you can, but not a lot. It wouldn't be like GSW versus Sack when you play the experience card. So I could see Sack getting out of a good first-round matchup against the Dallas, a Minnesota, somebody like that, and then moving on to the second round, beating the Grizzlies and going to the Western Conference Finals. Um, I love the grit of Sack. They're the best offensive team in the NBA, and it's not close. They are dreadful uh, defensively. But, um, and they've got a great vibe at home. They've got a love fest going on out there. So Sack would be that team for me. Best story in the NBA this season. I think I think that there's no doubt in what Sacramento has done. Uh, I think it should even get more play uh, than it already has. Rick, love talking to you. Love the insight, not only on the NBA, but even with the betting stuff. Uh, can't wait to have you again. Be well, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Dan, Aaron, peace out, man. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., 
and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Gavino and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. He's here in Torres. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for CNR, who are probably sipping something on the beaches of Mexico, enjoying their well-deserved time off. We are sitting back and enjoying some college hoops. Need to clarify that. Different beaches. Different beaches, yes. Not at the same one. On different coasts as well. Today's show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. You know, Isaac Lohenkron has been uh, giving us the updates throughout the day of what's happening in March Madness, but he's also had the big story uh, stemming from the World Baseball Classic and Edwin Diaz uh, suffering that leg injury last night in a celebration in Puerto Rico's or after Puerto Rico's win over the Dominican Republic 5 to 2 so the Mets have likely lost their closer for the entire 2023 season and I I don't know how you look at this Aaron um I I if he would have if he would have been you know uh pulled a muscle while throwing a pitch um could have happened uh you know could have twisted an ankle you know stepping off the mound going to get you know those injuries, injuries can always happen at, at any point. It's not that I don't feel sorry for Edwin Diaz. I actually feel really bad for Edwin Diaz. It just really stinks that it happened during a celebration. And so so for, for people who want to put an end to the World Baseball Classic because somebody got uh, injured – um, sorry, it's much bigger than that. It's, it, you know, the, the event isn't about making sure that the New York Mets' interests are protected, and I can understand why they may be uh, up in arms over this and why their player uh, was playing in it and maybe discouraging future players from playing in it. But it, I, not to sound callous because it's going to come off callous, but the World Baseball Classic is, is bigger than Edwin Diaz, and, and it happened in a celebration. You know, it, it's – you know. Maybe tone down the celebration, you know, a, a little bit. Like I understand, like the the victory, and maybe the celebration is the reason why the baseball, the World Baseball Classic, should be there. But I just, I, I find people pointing fingers in what I think are the wrong areas when you look at what in this injury that happened last night. Even though it cost the Mets their closer for the season. So I agree with everything you said, and you know, obviously everyone's entitled to their opinion. But I, I'm glad that you and I are on the same same you know track on that one because. I think it's easy to to point to the World Baseball Classic, but, you know, we have walk-offs in spring training, you know, rookies hit home runs, and you sprint out of the dugout and kind of pat them on the helmet. This is going to happen anywhere, and, like, I know the World Baseball Classic in terms of sporting events is, like, a relatively new phenomenon, but I, I don't, you know, like, the idea that if a player wants to, and again, only if they want to, uh, leave their team during spring training and represent their country like that that's somehow a bad thing that we need to eliminate I just think is idiotic and 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 again uh, you know I'm only speaking for the world baseball classic here but I've never heard anybody make the argument that Lionel Messi shouldn't represent Argentina in the world cup or Ronaldo shouldn't play for Portugal in the world cup it's like this is something that a player wants to do it's an opportunity to represent your country 
And I hate that when something like this happens, it calls into question the purpose of this whole event. So um, I know it's a story right now, but I hope that most people understand that, hey, like at the end of the day, if these guys want to play, they should be able to play. It's a great event. I've enjoyed having it on in the background, and I hope that, that it continues and that guys keep playing in future years. I also think that this is, this is apples to oranges compared to the Pro Bowl. Sure. Or, oh, you, yeah. you know, like, and I think that's what some people are trying to to make this. If you, we shouldn't let our players compete in this. Like, it's, you know, like I, I I'm a guy who wants uh, professional hockey players in the Olympics. Like that, that's what I want to see. And I know, like, they they don't have the, the, there wasn't an agreement to it. But honestly, when the pro players are there, it's a much better event. And I think that this with the pro players there, it is a much better event. Look at the love that Mike Trout has been getting. Over the last week or so, sure. I mean, like, like the poor guy has played, you know, uh, top level baseball for pretty much his entire career, and all we're like, Angels are twenty games back at the All Star break; they ain't going anywhere. But in a week of just him, you know, being a part of Team USA, it's gained a lot of positive pub, and 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 I think it's it, it's great in that aspect. But I, it, yeah, it's not a it's not a sand football game like the, the, they had back in the day. It's not a a. You know, NBA All Star Weekend competition. Like this is the you know this is a real event. And and again, not to not to to, to sound like I'm discrediting Edwin Diaz. It's just that the World Baseball Classic is bigger than one player, and that's like like the point. And again, it's it happened in a celebration. It didn't even happen in a in a game spot. So I just yeah, the World Baseball Classic shouldn't go away because of this injury. No, I agree. And I think people criticizing you know look yourself in the mirror. And if it was. Jason Tatum or Kevin Durant opting out of the Olympics, would you feel the same way? If it was Messi or Ronaldo opting out of the World Cup, this is the exact yeah. analogy. It's an international event that means a lot to the participants. It's not the All-Star game. It's not the Pro Bowl. Um, if guys want to play – and by the way, some guys opted out, and that's perfectly okay too. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. Quick update from the games going on. Arizona has an eight-point lead on Princeton, under nine minutes to go. It's also an eight-point lead for Arkansas in their first-round 8-9 matchup against Illinois as the teams are playing in the West region. So Arkansas up eight again early in the second half in that contest. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter, Dan Byer, at Dan Byer on Fox as we are in for Cavino and Rich. Coming up next, there was a move yesterday in the NFL that sent shockwaves through the league and actually will for the next few years. We'll tell you what that is next here on Gavino and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.